Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Turing's Triple Helix. I'm Steph Wright, head of the Scottish AI Alliance. I am also, coincidentally, the regional lead for Scotland for Women in AI UK, and we launched our activities in Scotland at the end of October. Today, I have with me two amazing ladies who are not only tech leaders, but also leaders of initiatives to drive more women and people from underrepresented groups into technology. My fantastic guests are Silke Patel, Social Value Manager at Lidos and founder and chair of Scotland Women in Technology, also called SWIT in some uh, in some fields, and uh, and also Toju Duke, uh, Responsible AI Program Manager at Google and the Women in AI UK Ambassador. Silke and Toju are joining me here today to talk about their respective initiatives and also more generally about women in tech. So welcome Silke and Toju, delighted to have you with me here today. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us there. I'd love it to meet you again, Silka. Fantastic. So let's kick off and uh, chat about all, all the amazing work you guys do. So um, let, we'll start with Silka. Can you tell us a bit about Scotland Women in Technology? Yes, yeah, so Scotland Women in Technology exists to champion and celebrate and invest the women in technology sector within Scotland. And it was founded back in 2008. It's a non-for-profit organisation. And we really try to put the agenda equality at the forefront of the tech sector. And it's run by a board of very committed volunteers who have that vision alignment to promote and champion gender equality at the heart of everything we do. This is something that we do that's offered by the sector. Scotland offers mentoring, workshops, webinars and events, but we need a cohesive strategy to bring all that together. And our role in that is to help people connect. We really believe that all women can embrace who they are and can define their futures and change the world through technology. Whoop, I'm into that. <laughs> and uh, Toju, how about you tell us a bit about women in AI? Yeah, cool. Um, so Women in AI was founded in 2016. It's a not-for-profit organization, which is which is across 145 countries now. So it's a global organization. We have lots of volunteers and the whole ethos and mission is to support women working in the field and upskill women who are looking to get into the field and mentor and um, um, support the career growth of women already in the field. So it's just around fostering community um, of women in AI um, and driving further diversity within, within the field, and not just for women, but for underrepresented and minority groups. So very similar to Sweet's mission as well. It's a very exciting, exciting organization to be in. Um, and we've done lots of work in the UK um, this year, from recruiting our volunteer base to launching in Scotland, like you mentioned before, um, to developing an academy partner Huawei, and so many other things. Um, we have three different pillars we work across: educate, inspire, and connect, uh, which means we want to educate educate people within our community and attract more people within AI, especially when you think about the very uneven ratio of 71% male. 29% women working in the field, especially in the UK and across the world, um, more work needs to be done in this area. And that's something that we're highly focused on and passionate about. That's great. Thank you very much, both. So uh, what do you think are the key barriers that women and underrepresented groups face in the tech industry? Uh, I guess there might be specific ones in AI itself, but uh, it'd be great to find your, uh, get your thoughts on, on, on these barriers. Uh, over to Silke. You know, there are barriers, and I hate it when people say to me things like, I don't see colour, I don't see the barriers, because I'm living proof of some of these barriers, often being the only one represented in the room or in the boardroom, um, and it comes with being a woman of colour. 
for me. Um, and also getting the views across without being like a man. I've got told very early on in my career that you need to change the way you are. You need to become a little bit more assertive. And I said, well, I'm being perceived as being bossy. So is that me being bossy or is that being me assertive? Because actually confidence and passion and my skills should actually be the thing that leads and the other barrier I often find is finding my allies and my support, people who get it, who people actually get it, either because they've been through it themselves like me or are surrounded by people who are from ethnic backgrounds. And so they're understanding that. Often, if you can't see it as a role model, you can't be it. And that's a situation that I've had over the last 25 years in my career where I do not see Asian women in the ages that I'm at, in the brackets that I'm in, being at the levels that I'm expected to be in as well. I've got to see it in order to believe it myself. Those That's are my values. And you've actually touched a bit onto my my, my uh, next question, which is around your personal experience as a woman of colour in tech. But uh, over to you, Toju. Uh, barriers, your personal experiences? Um, very similar to Silka's um, opinion. I think one major barrier is societal bias in general. You know, the world seems to have made a lot of leaps and bounds in perceptions of women and where they should be, but to be fair, it's still ingrained in society. Like, and that's why we have a lot of issues with women just climbing up the corporate ladder or whatever fields they are in, if it's business, entrepreneurial, corporate, it's very difficult for women's voices to be heard. It's very difficult for women to be respected and to be seen as, as equal and as pairs compared to, to, to men. And again, in the tech industry, where again, we have 70% white male, it's very difficult. I've been in conversations where I'm talking to a colleague and I'm saying, you know, this is what we should do. And he keeps on going, I can't understand what you're saying. And then my white male colleague says the exact same thing I just said. And he's like, oh, I get it now. And I'm like, are you being serious? Like, you know, this is a communication problem, but because I'm a woman and I didn't speak like a man, you didn't quite understand what I was saying. And I was very clear in my communication. I knew that it's not like I was speaking hocus pocus and it wasn't clear. And these are some of the issues and challenges that we face. And sometimes too, you know, when you, well, if you're a woman who wants to like, um, have kids and, you know, go, go in the way of family, your career gets thrown back. And for me, my personal experience has been, it was almost as if my my five years working in the, in the company that I work for was just negated because I went off on maternity leave. And it's almost like I had to start all over again. And I'm like, hang on, I just took a break in my career. Why am I struggling for recognition? And of course, the men are so lucky they don't need to take any nine months or 10 months or how many months off. They don't even need to go through all the biological changes emotional changes that we go through they have no clue and I'm not I'm not blaming men to say hey you're wicked and all that but you know Silka mentioned allies and it's very important to understand what a woman goes through or minority groups in general right what are the specific issues and challenges that they face and only until you're you're exposed to them and understand them you know you can never walk in someone's shoes unless you've stepped in those shoes before Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the listeners won't be able to see this, but like when both of you are talking, the other was like nodding, going, absolutely, totally agree. Been there, done that. And, you know, that that whole, um, you know, the allies, uh, you know, uh, point is so true. It, it, you know, quite often the responsibility is 
put on the disadvantage to improve things for themselves. But really, it is everyone's responsibility. You know, uh, male allies need to call things out. They, it's their responsibility to call things out. You know, you know, if they, you're invited on a panel and you realize your entire panel is male, call it out, you know, kind of thing. Why is it someone else's responsibility to go, hold on a minute, <laughs> why is your panel like all men? And and it, it, it is to make sure that it's a collective effort, right? It's not just down to the women, just down to people in underrepresented groups to make sure they are seen and heard. It's it's everyone's responsibility. So, uh, yeah, no, absolutely agree. That's brilliant. Um, Actually, you know, and this kind of leads slightly into my, my, my next thing, you know, and it touched on uh, what Silke was saying earlier about you can't be what you can't see. You know, that I know that sounds a bit like a cliche these days because it's said quite a lot, but it's absolutely true. And uh, I'm particularly passionate about the fact that being someone who works in tech doesn't necessarily mean you need to be a techie, a, codey, a coder, sorry, an engineer. There are myriad of roles across the tech sector and people are not seeing it as a career opportunity as they feel they need to be technical to work in tech. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Uh, over to Toju. I'll say you need to be technically inclined, which means you don't have to have a technical background but you should have at least an ear and an understanding on some technical things because you don't want to get into the field and you just feel like you're totally lost. And tech is not for everyone. That's the same reason medicine is not for everyone. Arts is not for everyone. Everyone has their place. But I mean, I can use myself as an example. I knew I was always technically inclined. I any, Anything I worked on, any project I worked on, I always wanted something technical. I, I didn't find it challenging enough for me. And I eventually got my, my myself into the very technical part of Google, which I work in, and I'm happy. And I'm working as a program manager, which means I'm not writing any code. I don't like writing code and I know it because I tried it and I hated it. I hated the fact that I write a JavaScript code. I don't put an I, a dot over the I and it doesn't, doesn't work. And then I'm breaking my head for three hours trying to understand why this code is not working. And then someone just shows me and I'm like, is that it? And I'm like, I can't, I can't live my life like this. I'm not patient enough. You know, I really admire people who do coding and stuff like that. So, but I found my place, right, where I can still like see the outcomes of the code, right? The products that are being developed, the models that are being developed, I'm able to read the code if I need to, or just understand what, what work was put into it. But I'm helping guide teams towards making sure that projects are started and finished and they have very clear OKRs, timelines, deliverables, and frameworks that we can actually scale out to the rest of the world and to the rest of the company. And I'm happy where I am. And that means, yes, I did, I did not study any computer science, but I'm technically inclined. So there are myriads of roles, like you mentioned, you know, and for a field like AI especially, it's a multidisciplinary field. We need diverse people from diverse backgrounds, especially when you think about the responsible AI side and how we can get AI to serve humanity and serve society without um, propagating any further harm. So we have different roles from legal to policy to governance, you know, to project managers and program managers and and on and on it goes. And these are people who are not necessarily from technical backgrounds. There are lots of people who have done career changes in between, but at least they have an ear and an understanding for technical stuff so that when they get into the field, they don't feel lost and they don't feel like they're drowning. That's great. Thanks. How about Silke? What, what do you think about this? Tojo, I totally agree with what you're saying there. Uh, and I see that too, Steph, in the in the industry. I'm actually a marketeer and um, I've been doing marketing as a career for the last 23 years, but in the tech sector. 
So I have become technical as as my skills have developed. And I am now used to hanging out with the tech folk and I can understand what they're talking about. I still need them to downplay it for me every now and then. But over the years, I've built up my, my technical acronym. So that's taken time. But that doesn't mean I'm not technical. I hate it when women say I'm not technical, like it's something to be scared of or afraid of admitting. It is a good thing, people, if you are technical. The world needs technical people. And it's not taboo to be technical, but it's okay if you're not as well. If you think about the tech industry holistically, there's a variety of roles. You can look at traditional roles like HR, legal, program management, operations. These are key skills that are required in our sector. So you can work technically without being technical. Think about your transferable skills. These are equally important in tech as anywhere else. So we need you. The world needs, the sector needs people who are technical or doing technical roles, but balanced with those that are not technical roles as well. Absolutely. And sometimes I find that the the kind of narrative around skills and uh, is is too focused on the technical because, you know, you can't just have a population of coders because that ecosystem is not going to work. On to my next question. You know, uh, it, it, I've been having discussions with people lately about the concept that, you know, Diverse does not necessarily mean inclusive. You know, being truly inclusive will bring the diversity. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? You know, it's, it's hearing stories of, you know, uh, people, uh, women being hired to a company as the first female engineer, woo, you know, kind of thing. And then they turn up and there's only male only bathrooms, you know, kind of thing. Uh, or, you know, the, I was at a panel at Data Summit, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and someone was saying that they had to go learn golf. Uh, so that they would fit into their company as, the, you know, the minority and, and stuff like that. And surely these are kind of environments that don't retain that diversity because they're not inclusive, you know, kind of thing. It's all well and good to say I've hired women, I've hired people of color, you know, uh, uh, but if that environment isn't there to keep to, to be inclusive, to welcome them, to keep feel, make them feel like part of the organization, then that diversity is a bit of a tick box exercise. Uh, but that, that's my thoughts. I'm going to go over to Silke. What do you think? I, I see this time and time being played out across multiple companies. There's a real danger of creating tokenism in the workplace if we keep doubling down on diversity, particularly if you look at ethnic diversity. No one wants to be that token hire. Personally, I don't want to be a tick box. I don't want to be woman under 40, Asian, brilliant. I've done the boxes because I want to be hired on my merit and my capability. So you need to focus on creating an inclusive workplace where everyone is valued and we all have autonomy and diversity will follow if you focus on that inclusive workplace. I often say to people, or people often say to me, I'm expected to provide the views of my people. Well, what do you mean by that? I can only speak for myself. That is a lot of pressure on one individual to provide the views of every single Asian woman under 40 in tech. And that's not going to happen. And what happens is that, again, leads to tokenism if it's not managed correctly. I'm also, I remember early in my career, I was expected to be the, the lead of the, of the BAME staff network. And I said, 
well, okay, great. I think that's a good thing. But did you actually stop to ask people whether they want this network or was it a corporate initiative to tick a, a box? And after doing some homework, the people that were Asian and the company that I used to work for said they actually didn't feel that they needed a network. They were good. Thanks very much for asking. So think about your actions. Are they tick box? Are they leading to tokenism? Really focus on that inclusive workplace. That's great. Thank you, Silka. How about you, Toshi? What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, 100% agree with Silka. And I think, you know, that's one of the issues why we have very um, high attrition rates in tech in general, right? Women struggle to go through computer science, still being the minority in the room, and they struggle to get hired. And then after a while, they're like, this is a very masochistic, male-dominated environment. They don't, there's not enough representation. And because there's lack of inclusivity as well, like lack of inclusive programs in the workplace and stuff like that, people drop out, right? They, they, they drop out. And if you look at the numbers, that's why the ratio of 70% to 30% has existed for so many years, it's not moving. The needle is moving only by 1%, and when you check the next year, it's gone back down. Um, and there's a reason for it. And I think people people need to now start educating themselves about what it means to be inclusive. I think DEI became a, a buzzword a few years ago, right? And everyone, every company wanted to do DEI, even if they had no clue what it meant, you know, and they want to hire the next black person, the next brown person who could lead the DEI efforts and maybe pick the black person or the brown person that had no clue what they needed to do either. But they're like, oh, you just need to speak for your people, right? Especially what Silky said. You need to educate us because, of course, we don't understand what white privilege is and we don't understand all the systemic injustice that you're talking about. And to be fair, I didn't even understand them until those words came up, right? Because I just knew that, well, I'm different. I remember I'm different when I'm walking on the streets and people are staring at me, especially when I was living in Dublin. I, I remember, I go, oh, yeah, I'm black. Um, but I mean, if we have enough <laughs> inclusion and, you know, um, programs that help foster um, a sense of belonging, which is very, very important for anyone, regardless of what ethnicity you're from or regardless of what background you're from as well, because sometimes it doesn't just relate to people from a certain race. It can relate to people from a, a different background, right? A different career, right? There's a sense, there's a lack of sense of belonging. And it's a major problem because the tech workers, the, the conk tech people who are the computer scientists have their own bubble and they have their own world and they will never accept anyone into it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Toji, it's that whole sense of belonging, you know, the the, inclus the inclusivity thing, you know, it's all about belonging. But just wanted to touch on something you, you mentioned, uh, Toji, about diversity. It's not just about gender, not just about ethnic backgrounds. And quite often those are the two mostly spoken about, talked about, but really diversity is across the board, right? It's a socioeconomic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, um, you know, in the UK, you could say social class, you know, kind of thing, um, you know, uh, gender identity, uh, you know, a disability, etc. And a lot of these other ones tend to not get as much airtime as the gender diversity and then the ethnic diversity. Uh, and people see it as, you know, oh, yeah, we, we can get women, that's fine, you know, kind of thing, tick, you know, we're diverse. But there's actually all this other diversity that, you know, that needs to be, and and, and that's kind of key to the uh, the inclusivity kind of part of it. So, um, so yeah, no, that's great. Excellent. So I'm going to... Um, I'm going to now uh, follow on with the last question. And uh, I, I love asking my guests this on podcasts is, 
Call to action time. What's your call to action for our listeners? So I'm going to go to Silka. I love a call to action, Steph. It's my favorite part of the podcast. What do you want from me? You've listened, you've engaged all this time. So I'm going to say, be the change that you want to see. If you're not actively role modeling or being an ally, then how can you influence change? I'm going to do a plug, reach out to organizations like Scotland Women in Technology or Smart STEMs. They'll help you to become an active role model for the tech sector. We need you. Please, please get in contact. And don't be afraid to try new things in the workplace. Focus groups like topical lunch and learn sessions are a really nice way to get people talking in confident, protected, safe spaces understand what people's challenges are, educate yourself, take time to do that. And don't be afraid to do it yourself. It doesn't always need to be driven from the top. You are empowered to be you. So go be your authentic self. That's brilliant. Excellent. Thank you, Sirka. On to you, Toju. I mean, I have nothing to say after what Silka said. Okay, I'm just joking. Um, um, I, I think I'll say, you know, just develop further awareness in this in these issues, right? Back to education. Education is really keen across different areas, and it's, it's, it's a very fundamental part of humanity. Um, so I think, you know, if you genuinely have an interest in making a difference, which you should do, but of course, if you if you feel you're bogged down with so many problems and you can't be bothered, that's fine. But for people who generally have an interest in topics like these and generally want to help other people and just serve to be a, a better human, develop further awareness about the challenges that people face, right? People that don't look like you, that don't sound like you, that don't come from where you come from, know that there are differences, the differences do exist, and it's good to understand what these differences are, what these challenges are. And once you gain that knowledge, then it's time to take action. And action could be, you know, just developing different programs, bringing in experts. There are lots of experts out there who know how to do these things if you feel you'd have no clue. But it's really important to make sure that wherever, whatever place you're in, your organization, your industry, it's inclusive, right? People have a sense of belonging and people feel comfortable and feel at home where they are. And if people don't have that, then you're missing a key fundamental part of your organization. It will be very, very hard to move forward, like even in revenue and all of that, because whatever it is that you're developing has to serve all of humanity and it has to serve the world. And the world is a very diverse place that we live in, that whatever you do has to serve the diversity in the world. That's brilliant. I think, you know, the the headline call to action is be a better human. (laughs) It's everyone's responsibility. It's everyone's business uh, and it will drive benefit across the board. Um, So thank you so much to both of you for joining me today. It was great chatting to you. I'm going to do a wee plug for our Scottish AI Summit in March 2023 because Toju is one of our keynote speakers speaking on responsible AI. So that's amazing. So please find out more. Uh, But please do find out more about Women in AI uh, UK. um, And we have a community up here in Scotland. So find out more and join uh, and find out more about Scottish, uh, sorry, Scotland Women in Technology uh, of SWIT. There's tons of initiatives that SWIT uh, take on along with events and stuff. So uh, yeah, no, uh, we'll make sure the links are uh, included uh, with the uh, with the podcast. But uh, yeah, no, thank you so much both and yes be a better human let's change the world thank you so much thanks steph we'll do it together we all will (laughs) thank you